And thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast from Connect Church. We'd like to invite you to join us in person at 1101 West Grand in Ponca City, Oklahoma, or on Facebook Live. Go to connectchurchpc.com to learn more about how we are helping people connect every day. We are a people, connected people, all in God's love. ago, it was Mother's Day, right? And we got the opportunity, me and Zach got the opportunity to grill out and cook food for my amazing mother-in-law and my sister-in-laws and my amazing wife. And I saw a meme a couple, couple days before Mother's Day came out, and it was of this dinner. And in this dinner, there was a cat. It was eating the turkey, and on the other side of the table, there was a dog on the table. And then what was, what was funny about it was, is they turned their noses up at the food, and they didn't want it. And all I could think was, what's going to happen on Mother's Day if me and Zach cook all this food, and they go down and take this bite, and Mimi just takes this bite of the hamburger and just puts it down and walks out of the room? Because there was a good chance it was going to happen. And so before we even started eating dinner, we looked at the ladies and he said, if it's good, we'll take credit for it. If it's not good, you can take credit for letting us cook. It's your fault. And so, it's, it's kind of a silly story, but it, it's going to fit in with my message today about letting crazy things just happen in your life sometimes. Like, I don't cook very often. Typically, when we have Sunday dinner, we eat, you know, Wendy or one of the girls prepare it, and it's, it's amazing. My mother-in-law and my wife are some of the best cooks I know. I'm not just saying that because they're in the room. I mean that. They're great cooks. I love when they make things. And, you know, sometimes... In life, God comes along and he uses people that you don't expect him to use. And he uses situations and he does things out of the ordinary. You know, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've, I've been praying and, I, and, I, and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm asking God to answer in a certain way and all of a sudden out of left field he just does something completely different. And my life is a perfect example of me wanting to do something over here and God coming and saying, nope, and pulls me over here and does it over here. I can't tell you how many times in high school I was praying for something because, to be real with you, I'm going to share something in a minute, but to be real with you, I didn't really follow Jesus in high school, but I knew when I needed something, I asked God for it. And, it, you know, talk about blind faith, you know, talking about the fact that you didn't really believe in the person, but when you really wanted something, you turned to this person and like, hey, I, I need this, help me. Has anybody ever done that before? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you've done that before, you know what I'm talking about. And what happens in those moments is you pray for something you think you need, and God's like, you don't really know my will for you. You don't really know what you need. You don't really know the direction I have for your life, and he takes you somewhere completely different. And I like to call those the but God moments of life. Those are the moments in your life when 
you're up against the wall and you don't know what to do and you're fighting everything off and you just feel like your life's falling apart and you turn to God and you just begin to beg for him and you're like, there's no way I'm getting out of this. There's no way anything good's coming. And God says, well, remember, I'm God. And you look at this situation and you go, oh yeah, but God. You know, my whole life up to becoming a pastor, I had so many but God moments, but I never recognized them. I never knew the moments God was truly working in my life. I'd be praying for a girlfriend and be like, God, if you just save this relationship, if you just fix it. And he's like, no, you don't need her. She's so bad for you. I already have an amazing, beautiful woman named April, and she's going to bless you, and she's going to do great things for you, and she's going to take care of you, and she's going to support you and be the best partner in life. And I'm like begging God, I just need her. She's got perfect blonde hair, blue eyes, and she's just so pretty, and everybody in the school just loves her. And God's like, she's terrible for you. And then... Then you pray and you pray and pray and then all of a sudden she breaks up with you a week later and, and, and you're like distraught. Those are but God moments. Because see, not, all not, not every but God moment's fun. Sometimes the but God moments are like, hey, listen, it may look like it hurts now, but I'm saving you from a lot of pain later. And so today, really quickly, graduates, those about to move into their next chapter in life, I want to talk about these but God moments and what they really mean. Because every one of us in this room, every one of us online right now, everyone across this world has had a moment where you felt like you were against the wall, when you felt like you needed to go a certain direction, and God's like, nope, I got you. And he steps in and he goes, hey, you need this. You don't need this. Hey, the world says you're done for. We're just getting started. Those but God moments are so powerful, but the problem, about the problem with those moments is if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, if we don't learn, learn what they are, if we don't recognize them, the world can get very, very tough and very, very hard. So some of you might know this story, but really quickly, I'm just going to fly through it. When I originally went off to college, when I was 16 years of age, right before I was about to go into my junior year, right when I was about to graduate and, and do what I thought I needed to do, I went to a church camp. And at that church camp, the only one I ever went to in my life as a student, the only one I ever really was a part of, I didn't want to be there, I was forced to go there. It was Thursday night, the night before we left. The pastor gets up there and, and starts talking. And I couldn't tell you anything he said, but I'm looking at this man, and I'm listening to what he's saying. Everybody's in the altars. I'm sitting in the back row, my arms crossed like this, saying, this is dumb. This is silly. Why are they up there raising their hands? Why are they up there jumping around singing songs? I, I didn't get it. I've been there all week. I didn't get it. And I hear a voice. At the time, I didn't know what it was, but now I know at the time it was the Holy Spirit talking to him, and he said, you're going to do that one day. You're going to tell people about Jesus. And what I did is I ran out of that sanctuary. I got so excited and on fire for the Lord. That's not true at all. What I did was I said, no way. I hate public speaking. I couldn't even get up and talk in front of my football team. I couldn't even get up and do a class presentation, let alone get in front of people and talk. There's no way I could do that. I was bad at it. I had no desire to tell people about Jesus. I didn't want to be at that church camp. And God's telling me I'm going to tell people about him? A few years later, I'm headed off to college. I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to go to Indiana State. It's the best school you can go into in Indiana if you want to be in law enforcement. I'm super excited. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve on the force. I'm going to keep people in line. I'm going to beat kids up when they're misbehaving. No, I'm just kidding. 
but I'm, I'm going to help people out. I'm going to be a helper. See, I liked helping people. I loved, I loved being the hero in situations. I still do sometimes. I'm not going to lie. My wife knows it. She knows I'm trying to do it. But I just love to help people. And I thought, I can do that being a cop. So I head off to college. First semester's great. I was a terrible student in high school. A's and B's first semester. Second semester, not so great. A's, B's, and D's. But I still passed. I still got the class credit. I was super excited. Third semester, first semester, sophomore year rolls around. I get involved with some people. They're not bad people, but they're just very worldly people. And they love to party. Went from having A's and B's my first semester to A, B's, and D's to all F's my third semester in college. You know what they do to you when you have all F's in third semester, in your, in your semester in college? They send you a letter at the end of the semester and they say, next semester, if you do not get grades better, you're done for. And they keep taking your money. So fourth semester comes back. I don't tell my family about it. Don't tell my mom. Don't tell my aunt. If I had just asked for help, they could have helped me get a tutor. They could have helped me get some better friends. They could have helped me get in the right direction. But I was so worldly at that time. I was so stuck on the world that it didn't matter. Fourth semester rolls around. I went, I had 12 credit hours, which means I had five classes every week. I attended maybe 15 classes that whole semester. Started off the first few weeks, I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get there. And I just stopped. Started partying. Started worrying about my friends. Started staying up till 4 a.m. drinking. Started doing everything in the book that pulled me further away from God. And I had some amazing adults in my life at that time. I had parents that loved me. I had a grandma that prayed for me like crazy. I had future families praying for me at that time I didn't know I had. All these people trying to help me out, and I'm just running to the world as fast as I can. What can I do to please myself? What can I do to make others happy so that they can please me? That's all it was about. It was all about being happy. It was all about making some money so I get the next, get the next drink, so I go to the next party, so I can impress the next girl, get what I want, and move on. I fell out of college. Halfway through the semester, they say, hey, look, you can't, you can't finish. He said, you're welcome, to keep it. you're welcome to try, but there's no way you're going to be able to pass your classes. You might as well just quit now. We'll give you part of your money back. That's what my counselor said. She was like, Look, you got no hope. You have straight Fs. Every one of your teachers already failed you for the semester because you haven't missed so much class. You might as well quit. And she said, the only hope you have is to go to your teachers and beg for them to give you a chance. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. I didn't do it. I stayed in my class. I wasted all that money. I got a letter at the end of my sophomore year saying, you're not welcome back next year. Went to live with my grandparents about 45 minutes away from the college. I was up in Terre Haute all the time, which is where Indiana State is, partying. Started working at Walmart. Good job, paid decent. Not, not knocking on Walmart. But I just surrounded myself with worse and worse people. One night, I'm working unloading trucks. The fridge falls and hits me. I get hurt real bad. Manager says, hey, you need to go home tonight, sleep it off and just relax, come back tomorrow. I'm headed home, I call one of my buddies. He didn't answer, he calls me back, he says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm off work early. He's like, you wanna go to a party? And I said, absolutely, but God. I hung up that phone, I'm super excited to go to this party and hang out. I know there's this girl there I really like. 
And all of a sudden, I, I, I'm taken back to that memory. When I'm at church camp, and I'm looking up at that pastor, and he says, I heard that voice, and it says, hey, you're gonna do that one day. And I laughed, and I said, ha, I remember that moment. That was so dumb. There's no way it's gonna happen. And then I hear that same voice again. It says, Kenneth, if you keep serving the world, if you keep running from God, you will die. And you know, it's one thing to be scared. It's, it's one thing to be told you're gonna die, but it wasn't like you're gonna die earthly. It was like you were gonna die and you were gonna spend eternity in hell. You were gonna suffer for the rest of eternity. You were gonna be miserable. I stopped the truck I was driving. And that same voice said, if you choose to serve me, you will live. And I will use you to help others to live. That was my but God moment. That was my moment in life when I said, you know what? Holy moly. I am destroying myself. I was so bad that my bad friends didn't even want to be around me anymore. The friends that were encouraging me to do bad things wanted nothing to do with me. You know how bad it is when it gets that bad? Like, okay, let's be real here. We were all in high school, and most of us in this room had that one friend that was constantly trying to get us in trouble, yeah? Yeah, most of us? Some of you high schoolers up here shaking your head, yeah? Let me tell you something. When they want to stop hanging out with you, you've went too far. But I had gotten to the point where I was sick of myself. I was done. I was like, I was so amped up when I got home that night. I didn't go, I, I didn't go to that party. I went straight home with the bed. I was like, yes, I'm going to serve Jesus. Next day, I went back in my old habits. And I, and I began this next three-year journey, a whole year of journey, one-year journey of where I was going to sign up for Bible college. Couldn't go that semester because my grades were so bad. Had to miss a year. I got into Bible college. I got to Bible college and things still weren't great. I was still sinning. I was still being selfish. I was still stuck on the old ways. But God. See, God stepped in and he brought this amazing leader in my life named Justin. And he would, he would call me out. He'd be like, hey, look, you're wasting what you're giving. You have a second chance here. You have a second chance to get a degree that's going to allow you to help others. You love helping people. When someone asked me to do something, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I was like, yes, I want to serve. I want to help you. But I always had selfish moments behind it. It was all about making myself look good. But my second, my second year of Bible college, I got it. I was given a book, and it's called But God. The writer of the book's last name is Cooper. It's an amazing book. If you need a book, if you're struggling right now, and you're like, you're doubting yourself, you're doubting where you're at, your relationship with God, you're like, I just don't feel like I can win this battle. I feel like I'm stuck. There's no hope for me here. Read this book, because this book got me so on fire for God. I was like, Holy moly, bad things happen, but God uses them for good. Bad things don't happen, but God uses them for good. I said it twice on purpose, people. When the world tells you you have no hope, God says, I am the hope. When the mountains come and you feel like you can't climb it, he says, I'm already on top of it, just come to me. When the valley seems so deep and you feel like there's no way you're getting out of it, he says, here's my hand, and he takes your hand and he pulls you out of it. Those about to go into this new journey of life, those about to move, whether you're continuing college, whether you're graduating college, whether you're going into your master's, whether you're going graduating high school and moving on to a, a workforce or a career, I want to tell you something. Life is going to get dirty with you. It's going to kick you. It's going to shove you to the ground. It's going to tell you you're worthless. It's going to do everything it can to make you feel like you are not worth it. But God says, but God. He says, when the world says no, I say yes. When the world says there's no hope, I've got you. 
You're looking at a man who has no business being on a stage. Some of you are like, you teach my kid every week and you have no business? But God, <laughs> see, I start preaching up there and they can always, you know, mo my students that pay attention to me can always tell when God just like says, okay, you're done, I'm taking over here because I get real excited and I get crazy and they're like, that's not Kenny anymore, that's, that's just God, he's doing his thing. And I can always tell because they lean in a little bit more and they start listening, the, the, the talk in the room starts going down. Every one of us in this room have had but God moments. I'd never recognized them. See, that moment when I was driving in my truck and God said, but God, and stepped in and said, I've got a plan for you and this is what you're going to do, that wasn't the first moment he stepped in my life. I just didn't recognize him. See, the enemy wants you so distracted. The enemy wants you so focused on the bad things. It wants you so worldly focused that you miss those but God moments. Because the moment you get, a, you get a hint of what those moments are in your life, the moment you begin to recognize the amazing things he does for you is the moment the enemy's lost you. The moment you realize how great God really is in your life and the amazing things he does for you, graduates, is the moment the enemy can't touch you because you'll never walk away from it. Because he does amazing things in your life every day. Remember when you're... There is someone sitting in this room today, and it wasn't very long ago, you were sitting in your room, I believe this, and you were crying, and you didn't feel like there was any hope, and the right person walked in, and they said the right words. Let me tell you something. That wasn't that person. That was the Holy Spirit speaking through that person. That was a but God moment in your life. You were at work, and your boss is just getting on you, and there seems like there's no hope, and, you, and you're, just, you're, you're headed towards disaster, and God's just, wait, I got this. I've, I've got you. I've already got the plan figured out. But God moments are what make us good Christians. But God moments are what allow us to hang on when we feel like there's no hope. But you can't forget about them. So really quickly, I want to I leave you with three things. So how do we learn not to forget the but God moments? How do we learn to keep our eyes on them when things get scary? Well, Matthew 14 tells us the perfect story. See, in Matthew 14, there's two miracles Jesus performs. The first one, he feeds 5,000 people with a small amount of food. But you know, here's the crazy thing about this. When they counted people for the Bible, they just counted the men. So history tells us that there was probably more like 20,000 people on top of this hill. And he took this small amount of food and fed almost 20,000 people. The disciples are coming to him and saying, there's no way we can do it. And God's like, but God. I can just imagine Jesus looking at him. <laughs> okay. Have you been watching me? Have you, have you seen the things I've done? Have you, like, you say I'm the son of God. I mean, like, what are you going to do? A few verses later, we get into one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Jesus tells the disciples to go ahead and go in the boat, go, on to this, go, ahead, of, go ahead of him. Jesus dismisses the crowd that's there, and the first thing he does is he goes up into the mountain and he prays. Storm's getting really rough on the sea. The men are starting to get really worried. I'm going to summarize Matthew 14 real quick. Storm's getting really shaky. Men are starting to freak out. All of a sudden, they hear a voice. It's the voice of Jesus. And he says, he says, do not be afraid. And Peter looks over and he says, Lord, if that is you, Tell me to walk out on the sea. 
and walk to you. He says, it's me, come on. Peter starts to walk, steps out onto the water, looking at Jesus. Then he's, then for whatever reason, like you're looking at Jesus and you're like, you're going to look away, you're walking on water, you're doing a miracle, and you're going to look away from the person that's helping you do that miracle? Come on now. Looks down at the storm, all of a sudden he begins to sink. Jesus grabs him. He says, you have little faith. They get back in the boat. Storm calms down. They get to the other side. Immediately, people run and tell that Jesus is there. And people flock to him. They bring the sick, and the sick just want a chance to touch his cloak because they know that he'll be healed. He knows that he will heal them if they just touch his cloak. And so in Matthew 14, he gives us the perfect, perfect example. It gives us the perfect direction on how we hang on to those but God moments. First off, this is what we see. In order to recognize these but God moments, you must first spend time with God. See, Jesus' is, Jesus is first thing he does in Matthew 14, 23, it says, after he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. You bet money if Jesus had to go and pray and spend time with his father privately, you have to. If Jesus had to spend time with God after miracles and about to perform them, you have to. Because Jesus understood that yes, he was a son of God and yes, he could do mighty things, but all his strength came from the Lord. And guess what? So does yours. Graduates, you're sitting here today. Haley, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just picking on you because I locked eyes with you. College is going to be tough. And there's going to be that one class and that one teacher going to be like, Mom, I can't do it. And you're going to be pulling your hair out, yanking on it. Alyssa, you've got a few more years left. You probably already, you've already had those teachers. You're like, Mom, Jamie, I just can't do it. Is that true, Jamie? Yes. And guess what? And God's just saying, I got you. But God, and he's just waiting. He's waiting for the perfect time to step in your life and say, I'm here. Here's your answer. But how many times have I missed but God moments in my life because I wasn't paying attention to Jesus? I miss them all the time. Even as a pastor, I get distracted. I get in a busy season, and I fall behind on my reading. I fall behind on my studying, and God's like, here you go. Oh, nope, missed it. Here you go. Nope, you missed it. All these miracles, all the things he's trying to do in my life, and he's like, just give me praise for it. I'll take care of the rest. He's like, I got you. You gotta keep your eyes on God. The moment you take your eyes off of Jesus is the moment the storm becomes too much. Peter was walking on water. I don't know about you, but I can't do that. Jack Bush is pretty fast, but I know he can't walk on water. I can float. But there ain't no way my feet holding me up. It's this thing right here. But he was walking on water, and the moment things got hard, the moment things got scary, the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, he forgot about the but God moments. Jesus said, walk to me, let's go. Let's see how much your faith really is. He was doing a but God moment. In the middle of a storm. And he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. My wife's over here doing this, telling me to wrap it up, but I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Ain't my fault. I'm not the worship leader. I can say that. That's my sister-in-law. 
if you spend time with God to get through this, this life, when the world comes up against you and the storm gets scary, you don't forget the but God moments. And instead of hanging on to the bad situation, instead of focusing on the bad, you're just like, okay, God, where's it coming? Second thing. You gotta learn. You know, we're not going there. We're running out of time, it's okay. Let's go to the final thing real quick. See, first off, I kind of I kind of tied them together, and that's okay. First off, you gotta spend time with God. Then you gotta keep your eyes on Jesus. But finally, this is the most important thing. If you learn how to do this, graduates, if you learn how to make this the most important part of your life, even adults. I teach your kids and your teenagers this all the time. If you learn how to do this, you'll never forget the but God moments. See, but God moments are special. They're the moments when the world says it's impossible and God says, I've got you. They're the moments when you feel like your bank account says zero and God's like, I've already prepared the way. They're the moments when you hold that baby in your first time in your arms, you're like, I have no clue what I'm gonna do with this thing. I don't know if I can provide. I don't know if I can keep him out of the road. I don't know if I can do this or that. And God's like, but God. You gotta tell everyone you can about those moments. You, you can spend time with God all you want. You gotta keep your eyes on Jesus through these storms. But you really wanna solidify your faith? You wanna make sure you never forget about these but God moments? Never stop telling people about them. See, in Matthew 14, 34, it says, when they crossed over to where they were headed and the men recognized Jesus, they immediately went and told others that he was there. They went and told others about Jesus. And this is what happened. People brought the sick to him, and they begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. You want to make your life matter? Haley, Alyssa, Dave, Tristan, Cole, Christian. You want to make this next step you're heading to matter? Do it with the intention, with everything you're about to do, to tell people about Jesus. I can tell you right now, when I have dry months, when I feel like I'm just up against the wall and I can't win, the number one thing that makes me better is telling someone new about Jesus. Because when I tell people about my but God moments, when I take time to tell people about the but God moments in life, here's what happens. I'm reminded of the but God moments in my life. And in my attempt to encourage them and build them up, I'm encouraged myself. You can have the greatest job in the world. You can make all the money you want. You can have the family. Dave, you can have the haughty wife you always talk about. <laughs> Cole, you can be the best in your field. 
But it means nothing if you're not telling people about Jesus. You can be the greatest thing to ever walk on this earth. You can think you're the best. You can think you're the greatest. But it means nothing if your life's not telling people about Jesus. You will begin to lean on your own strengths. You will begin to lean on your own money. You will begin to lean on everything else that's not really yours. And you will crumble and you will fall. You will find yourself in a corner one day, crying and bawling, wanting to know where all went wrong. And God's like, you didn't trust me. I gave you highway after highway to get back on the right path, to take the right exit. And you blew past them every time. God is constantly doing but God moments in your life. The church we're in right now, this building we're in, is a but God moment. Do you know how much they wanted for this building? They wanted close to a million dollars for this building originally. You know what we bought it for? $50,000. If that doesn't blow your mind, you're missing it. If you don't understand how much of a but God moment that is, you don't understand what I'm talking about today. People told us we didn't belong in this building. People told us we would never make it work. People looked at Mark and said, there's no way. And you know what he did? He said, okay, but God, and he trusted God. And look what we're doing today. We're having church. We're worshiping God. We're praising. New people are walking through this door every Sunday. People look at us like we're crazy because we're just having fun in here. Our kids are up there just jumping around during worship. Yeah, we got it. But you know why? They're excited to be here. And they're excited to be here because of but God. When the world said there was no way Brookfield Wesleyan was going to become Connect Church in this building, God said, but God. When one of my friends looked at me a couple years later, after I had stopped partying, I was interning at a church as a youth pastor, I was serving the Lord. I was a completely different man. He looked at me and said, there's no way you're a youth pastor. You're a youth pastor. I looked at him and said, but God. Not really, but that was my analogy behind it. I sat down for a long time and talked with this young man. But the heart of the message was, but God. See, You high schoolers that are here today, those who are in college, those who are about to go in college, those who are in the workforce, parents, grandparents, I don't care where you're at today. If you don't learn to recognize these but God moments in your life, you're gonna fall flat on your face. Because every day God is blessing you. Every day he is laying the path before you and saying, I've got it taken care of, just take the next step. You might be about to lose your job. You might, be, you might be at a point in your life where your bank account says zero and you have no clue how you're going to pay your bills tomorrow. Your kids might be disobedient, not listening to you. You think there's no way for them. Stop thinking that way and just say, but God. Stop being afraid of this world. Stop pouring into worldly things because you're so worried about them that you don't turn to Jesus and turn to God and say, okay, God, when's it coming? Because sometimes you might have to go through a trial. Sometimes there's going to be seasons in your life when it doesn't make sense and you feel like it's falling apart and God's just waiting for you to turn to him and say, okay, 
I'm here. I've already prepared it. Just have the faith. Those of you who have someone moving into the next stage of life, whether it's college, a career, very soon, in the next few years of that, that your student's life, there's a good chance something's gonna happen to them, and it might be minor, it might be big, where they're gonna lose sight of but God. And they're gonna lose sight of the miracles God's done in their life to get them this far, and they're gonna be scared, and they're gonna be tired, and they're gonna run, run away from it, and they're gonna say there's no hope. Promise me something. You'll remember the but God moments in their life for them. And you say, Alyssa, I know senior year is hard, but remember when he got you to your associates? Haley, I know, I know senior year was tough and you know, I had ups and downs and you know, it just felt like everything was against you, but remember how God got you to the graduation part? And he opened the doors for you to go to school? Cole, you remember when you had your wreck and you felt like there was no coming back from it and you were scared and you were, and you were, you were hurt and you were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do? And your God sent your dad and he just loved on you? And he got you to graduation? You know, she's not in here, but she's an amazing mother, Terry. Mark, you got a reminder one day when Lance just finally just tackles Jack and takes him out. Just be like, Terry, it's okay. Look what God did with Jack. We have another chance. I had to make a joke. So, in closing, will you guys just bow your heads with me and close your eyes? We all have struggles. We all have moments when we feel like we can't win. And we just feel like things are falling apart. If you've ever been there, whether you're in it right now or you've been there before, will you just do me a favor? No one's looking but me. Will you just raise your hand? I just want to know. I'm not, I'm not the only one that's ever had a tough season before. Raise it high so I can see it. Be honest. Be like, God, yeah, it's me. Yeah, okay, there's hands everywhere. You can put your hands down. That's what I want to tell you. Remember how he got you out of it? Maybe, maybe you're in one right now and you're like, well, he hasn't got me out of it yet. I'm going to tell you something. He's coming. That season is coming that you don't believe is coming. And he's crying out to you right now saying, hey, look, above anything else, spend time with me. And when the storm gets scary, keep your eye on me. But most importantly, tell the world about your but God moments. Tell them about the moments when you felt like there was no hope. And right now your eyes are closed because I want you to imagine every moment that you thought you were never coming out of. Every moment that you thought there was no way you were going to get over it. When that loved one died. When that job stopped paying. When the insurance ran out. When the child, when you held that child for the first time and you're like, there's no way. Remember the but God moment. So Ashley's up here playing, and she's just kind of doing her own thing. She's like, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. We're going to see where God takes us. 
But this is what I feel like to do right now for just a few minutes. Because I know you're like me, you're probably getting hungry. My belly's growling. But I, you know what my heart's more hungry for is more of God. So just for a few moments, can we praise God for the but God moments in our life? For the moments that he stepped in and he did miracles that I thought I could never have? When he stepped in and I was like, there's no way I can beat this sin. There's no way I can walk away from this thing. And he's like, I've already helped you walk away from it. Just do it. So you guys just stand with me right now. And Ashley, you take us where you want to go. I trust you. But for just two minutes, that's all I'm asking. Will you guys just praise? Praise the God of the but God moments. The God that steps in when you feel like you can't get anywhere. And we're doing this, one for ourselves, we're doing this for those who are about to graduate, those about to move into this next chapter in life, so that they know what it means to praise God when we're in the storm and when we've gotten through it. two we just sing. Can we sing those verses again? Yeah. But before we do, this is what I want to say. I'm looking across the room and not that it's my place to judge because I'm not judging at all because I'm there too right now. But I see some of us and we're like, yeah, we're into it. We're like, yes, God, thank you for those moments. And some of us are like, yeah, we're, but God, yes, I see you, God. But I just feel like there's some of us in this room right now who maybe just, just need another charge up. See, youth group's used to this. We start praising during the altar time. We'll get going, they're like, Pastor Kenny, we're already going. I'm like, no, you're going, but you can go. So will you guys just full sin with me right now? If you're not a teenager, you're probably like, what does that mean? But will you just send it, go with me? And will you just worship God, God, God harder than you've ever worshiped him? Because he's the God of the moments when the world said no and he said yes. Because some of us, right now we need this next 30 seconds. Because we need to remind ourselves that he is that God. 
We need to show our kids right now that are in the room with us that he is that God. Because this might be one of our last moments. Especially for those about to move on, man. I don't think Dave's coming home, Trish. He's gone. No, I'm just kidding. You're stuck with him. thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. Father, I lift up those about to step into the new chapters in their life. Father, I lift up those that we don't even know who are about to step into the new chapters, but I just ask right now, Father, that you just bless them, that you would encourage them, that, Father, that you would just use them to show the world how great you are. But Father, most importantly, I just ask right now, Father, that they would see how great you are. The plans that you have for them. The but God moments that are just around the corner. The moments when you step in and intervene and do miracles. Father, I just thank you so much for each person in this room and online with us today. And if there is anyone in this room that just feels like there's no hope, that there's no way, they're scared, they're terrified, they're not sure what's going to happen, Father, you would just remind them right now in this moment that you are the God of miracles. You are the God that heals, that you are the God that when everyone says no way, he says yes. Father, we thank you so much for this time today. Bless the rest of our evening. Be with us, Jesus. And everybody said...